We all love celebrating the good times, but connection truly comes when we support others during the hard times. Today we're talking about helping the hurting, because being a good friend is something to celebrate. Welcome to Something to Celebrate. I'm Amy Wiley, owner of Suburban Soiree. Join me as we celebrate, decorate, organize, host, and make life fun. Welcome to Something to Celebrate. This is episode 18. Thank you for being here. We are tackling an important and sometimes tricky topic today. Before we jump in, make sure you are subscribed to Something to Celebrate. That way, the new episodes will automatically come to you each Tuesday. Suburban Soiree came out of my love for hosting, celebrating, partying, gifting, holidays, all the fun parts of life. These things are important for creating connection and enjoying life's moments, both big and small. I think helping others who are going through tough times is a part of that as well. When we are there for each other during the celebrations and milestones, we also want to be a support to those same people when they go through things like the loss of a loved one, infertility, loss of a job, divorce, illness, all of those truly difficult life events. And of course, these days, so many people are hurting and going through tough times. I thought it was a timely topic to address. This is something I'm passionate about, finding ways to truly encourage and uplift people who are hurting. Uh, Before I share my thoughts, I want to give a huge disclaimer so that you know my heart and where I'm coming from on this episode. I by no means consider myself an expert in this area. I feel like I've gotten this wrong more times than I've gotten it right. And I've received this kind of love and support from so many at different times of my life, and I'm humbled by the idea of trying to pay it forward. It's so easy to get it wrong, and I have, especially in my 20s, that I'm continuously observing and studying how to do this the right way. This episode is my compilation of observations and experiences, and I would love to hear your feedback. I want this to be a conversation. I do not claim to have all the answers, but I want to do my best. So these thoughts are what I have gathered at this point in my life. So here we go. It seems the whole world is hurting one way or another right now. So we want to be an encouragement and a light. Here's where I would like to start. When you have someone in your community who is going through something difficult, you should say something, but don't say too much. Let me explain. It's easy to think that you don't want to bother someone, to feel like you don't know what to say. It's awkward. I've been there. You think they need their privacy. They don't want to hear from me. I don't want to bother them. What would I even say? But I have learned that silence is hurtful. So reach out and say something. Acknowledge your friend's situation and give a simple, I'm so sorry. I'm praying for you. You are on my mind. So say something. Do not be absent. At the same time, don't say much. I find it's so easy to put your foot in your mouth, and I avoid this by keeping it brief. Offer love, offer prayers, offer support, but don't go on and on. A few thoughts on this. If you feel like you are not close enough to the person to say something, I say do it anyway. 
Keep it simple and brief. I found that it's really touching to hear from someone you might not expect. You expect your closest friends to be there for you, and they absolutely should. But when that circle widens and someone outside of your closest friends offers some kindness in a tough time, it hits differently and it's really touching. So if you know about someone in your life who is going through something, even if you feel a little fringy, it's nice to just do a brief reach out and tell them you're thinking about them. Let's talk about how to say something. There are many ways. If you happen to see the person in person, again, keep it brief. Also, don't put them in a position to comfort you. So let me explain. If you were to say, I'm so sorry you lost your job. That's awful. In this economy, have you thought about what you might do? Do you have any interviews lined up? Then the other person feels themselves having to reassure you. Oh, I'll be okay. I'll land on my feet. A better way to approach this would be to say, hey, I'm so sorry to hear about your job. That's tough. You are awesome though, so I'm sure you will land on your feet. I'll be praying about it. Then they could just say, oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Also, don't try to fix it or explain it away with a cliche. There are many common phrases that come up when people are going through tough times because we don't know what to say, but they can hit in a hard way, so just skip them. I'm talking about things like, I guess heaven just needed another angel, or everything happens for a reason. Well, at least you are young. You can't fix it with a common phrase, and it isn't worth saying something that could really sting to the other person. So stick with love and prayers and encouragement. In medical situations with illness, absolutely avoid offering your own cure. Vitamins, treatments, essential oils, something your uncle tried. I don't care how convinced you are that this would really help the person, and I know you are well-meaning, But people in these situations are already dealing with plenty of doctors and decisions and medical information, and they really just don't need yours. People are so well-meaning when they do this. But unless your dad owns the Mayo Clinic and can get them in tomorrow or something like that, just stay out of that part of it. I think that's for the best. Along those same lines, I've heard it said that someone's situation is never the same as yours. Avoid bringing up the time when your grandmother had cancer or when your parent lost a job. Don't compare. Don't make it about you. Don't launch into a story about your experience. It's natural when people bring up things they're going through to think about your own experience and how that relates to you. But honestly, it's not the same and they don't have the bandwidth to listen to your story. I think a simple, I've been there, I'm thinking about you is really powerful. You can say you've, you know, I know how it is, but that's it. You don't need to tell them your life story. If you're not in person, which is more likely, you are going to be doing this on your phone. I love a text. A text is a great way to reach out. I feel like phone calls depend on the person. If you do call, keep it short and super encouraging. My favorite way to reach out though is with a note or a card. This is great because the person does not have the pressure of reacting in real time. They can tuck the card away, they can look at it again when they want to, and it's just a kind, non-invasive way to show your support. My sister and I were discussing this and she was talking about how it also shows that the person took the time to sit down, write you a note, put a stamp on it, put it in the mailbox. That shows a sweet effort on their part and that means a lot. 
In my adult life, I've been surprised at how much sympathy cards mean to me. We have received them in a few different situations. They are always appreciated and so touching. Again, you don't have to say much. You don't have to find the perfect words. It's about the time you take to send a note of support. I found a really pretty sympathy card that is more updated than the old-fashioned sympathy cards you find at the grocery store. I keep a handful of those on hand so I can pop them in the mail when I hear about someone going through a loss. They're really pretty. I like them a lot and I will link them up for you. It's always nice to just have a few on hand so that you can send it off right away. The same goes for other hardships. I talked about loss, but a quick note really does mean a lot. When you are going through something tough, finding that little card or note in the mail can bring a much needed bit of encouragement, especially on a hard day. Let's take a quick break and then we will continue this conversation. Are you someone who loves to host, celebrate all the holidays, and is known to add some flair to the everyday? The Sassy Napkin Society is created for you. Each month, you receive two different exclusive beverage napkin designs specific to the season and ready to put on your dinner table, with your morning coffee, or in a lunchbox. Plus, each box includes a bonus gift to help you celebrate even more. Napkins also make a perfect hostess gift to have on hand or just a little happy for a friend. Join the waitlist through the link in the show notes so that you will be among the first to know when the Sassy Napkin Society opens back up to new members. The Sassy Napkin Society, cuter than coasters and sparking celebrations. Now that we've talked about our words, let's discuss gifts and food. It's natural to want to do something tangible for someone, and I'm going to talk about food and gifts, and I have some thoughts about how to give them graciously. Food and meals are a common way to go, and I know that when I first had babies and when we went through the loss of a loved one, meals from friends were huge. They are so helpful, and I have a few thoughts on that. If you want to give food or even a gift, Do this with as little interaction as possible and avoid asking too much of the person you are giving it to. When you're dealing with a trial like an illness, you just don't have the bandwidth for much. My personal opinion is that you should avoid asking them exactly what they would like to have. You don't want to text back and forth all day about it. Just do your best. Even with something like Starbucks that can be kind of specific, I've received a porch drop-off of Sonic or Starbucks many times in the past, and I can tell you it's not about getting the perfect drink. Instead of too much back and forth with the recipient, just handle it and do it for them. Pick up a variety of pastas from a local Italian restaurant. Bring four different coffees or hot chocolates for a family. Make your crowd-pleaser recipe. We all should have one. Don't make work for the person you are blessing, if that makes sense. Also, I think we should avoid saying, let me know if there's anything I can do. This is a normal thing to say. We always mean it, but people almost never take you up on it. Instead, say, I'm going to bring dinner by on Tuesday if that works for you. I'm going to the grocery store today. I'm going to pick up some snacks for y'all. Is there anything else on your list I could grab? I also think it's helpful to say my treat or this is on me right up front in those kind of situations if there's any question and that avoids any awkwardness. Other ideas, let's say you have kids on the same sport team. 
reach out and say, we would love to take your daughter to soccer with us the next couple of weeks and bring her back home. So let's plan on that. Uh, Meal Train is a great website for organizing meals for people. It's super helpful. You can put any allergies or any other information on there. You can communicate drop-off instructions. Organizing a meal train for someone is a great blessing. You can also do breakfast items and healthy snacks. Sometimes when you have a meal train or when dinner is covered, it's nice to have some options for the rest of the day, especially with kids in the house. Unhealthy snacks are welcome too. I've had some serious comfort in the form of chocolate chip cookies over the years from friends, so that's always welcome. Food is how we love on others, so a meal is always helpful when you have a new baby, which isn't a trial, but it's a major life change, or an illness, or even a job loss. In that case, it's a financial blessing to cover a meal in a show of love. Also, when someone experiences death, that can be so paralyzing. Food is truly helpful and takes their mind off one more thing. Let's talk about gifts. People don't often need stuff, but a well-thought-out gift can be an encouragement. One thing I've done a few times, I hope it's been helpful, uh, is to give a family a huge, cozy, snuggly blanket, like a king-sized blanket, with a note that says something to the effect of, This is for you as you all hold each other close and know we are also covering you with prayers. I think any kind of comfort item is sweet. My church has a prayer shawl ministry. The members knit prayer shawls. They pray for you as they do and then they gift you the shawl. I would describe it as kind of an oversized scarf that you can wrap around your shoulders. My family has received two of these at different times. They really are treasures to us. It's a very meaningful gift. Along the same lines of comfort, a nice bath bomb or something similar, that can be a way to say, take care of yourself, take a moment for yourself, I'm thinking about you. Gift cards are awesome, either for a restaurant or the grocery store or Target. This is a great option if you are long distance. I love a restaurant gift card to give. I also like Target because someone could treat themselves to something cute and fun or they could use it as a help with things like groceries or diapers if that is their situation, and you don't have to know which way it goes, you just get to bless them. I'll wrap up this topic with some thoughts about prayer, and then I'm gonna share some responses I got on Instagram that were really good. Uh, I think the best thing we can do for people who are hurting is to pray for them. And I just wanna give a reminder to be sure that you don't just say you will pray, but to actually pray. And I'm speaking to myself here too. I really try to follow up promises of prayer with actual prayer. This means writing down who you want to pray for and setting aside time to do it. I've gone so far as to say, Lord, I know there's someone I committed to pray for. I can't think of them right now of who it was. You know, I know you are covering it. That is one of the very best things you can do for others is to pray for them. I know I personally am trying to develop good habits around that. Let's talk about some of the responses I got when I asked about this on Instagram stories. I'm going to keep these anonymous, but there were some really good thoughts that I thought were worth passing on. A lot of people talked about dropping off dinner. I think that's just so great. You can't underestimate the power of a nice home-cooked meal on your doorstep. Another good idea is to give a boredom basket, and I think this could go from little kids all the way to adults. Things like toys, games, decks of cards, magazines, books... Something to occupy someone who's maybe stuck at home in quarantine or if they have an extended hospital stay, that could be helpful. 
Another great idea that was shared um, by a friend who has a teenage daughter, she shared that her daughter has a regular Friday check-in with about 10 friends via text. I think that's a great habit to develop, to check in on your people and see how everyone is doing, especially these days. I think that's a really powerful tip and a great idea. The last one I share is really sweet um, and the person shared it with me so that I could share it with others. And this is one I think we could all use. Um, she received a message from a friend at a certain point and this really stuck with her. And the message was, grieving with you, praying for you, available to you. Isn't that good? I mean, that's just, I think that's great. So tuck that away and maybe use that sometime in the future. I hope you found this helpful. I know I gave a lot of direct advice, but I'm really just trying to do the best I can. And I want to hear your thoughts. Send me a DM on Instagram or email me. It's hello at suburbansoiree.com with your thoughts and your ideas. I think this is an important conversation as we just want to love others well, right? Let's take another break and then we'll wrap up with three things I'm loving this week. Are you obsessed with holidays? Are you a planner? Do you make all the lists? I think half the fun of things like holidays, parties, movie night, and trips is the planning. Personally, I enjoy jotting down ideas and brainstorming ways to have fun as a family or to entertain friends and family in our home. If you're that way too, I've created the ultimate printable tool for you to store all those lists, ideas, and doodles in one spot. The Seasonal Celebration Planner. It's not a calendar, but rather a customizable, printable way to keep track of all your fun plans. So you print it out, printing as many copies as you need of different elements, and put them in a three-ring binder. Then you get out your colorful pens and creativity and fill it with all those memory-making things you want to do. It's 57 pages, including colorful monthly cover pages to use as dividers, a sheet for each month customized to the seasons, pages for birthdays, parties, trips, a tablescape planner, porch planner, menu planner, plus pages for holidays, everything from Christmas to Cinco de Mayo to Father's Day, plus so much more. Once you download, it's yours to print as many times as you like, year after year. Head to the link in the show notes to purchase this instant download and start planning today with your seasonal celebration planner. So we're going to end this um, heavy topic on a fun note, and it's the three things I'm loving this week. This week's version is inspired by my daughter. All these three things relate to her, and I thought I would share. The first thing are LED light-up shoelaces. Long story short, light up shoes made for a school project. I wanted a cost effective option to make this happen. And I found light up LED shoelaces. They are so cool. They would be a great gift for a friend. They are under $10, really fun to have sparkly light up shoelaces. So I'll link those up if you want to give those. They would be a great like stocking stuffer. If you're doing the Christmas challenge and you wanna get a jump on that or a little Easter basket gift, they would be great. The next item is a makeup mirror. My daughter recently got contacts. This is a big event in our house and she is learning how to put them in. She's been using my makeup mirror at my vanity and then she asked if she could have one for her room. And so I took the opportunity to upgrade my makeup mirror that is kind of a brushed copper. I got the same one because I love it, but now they have a black finish, which matches my bathroom and my fixtures very well. So I think the black one is so 
pretty and looks great on the counter. So I'm going to link that up if you need a good makeup mirror and who doesn't. Lastly, my daughter is one year almost into having pierced ears. That was really our final activity before the pandemic hit. Thankfully, we snuck that in and she got to get those ears pierced for her birthday last year. But she's also had to learn the tried and true lesson of not losing your earrings. I mean, how many of us have lost all the earrings or you lose one earring, right? Or you lose the backs. And I've tried to teach her those good habits of only taking them off in your room, putting them in a jewelry box, putting them in a tray, not just taking them off all over the house. But honestly, I'm still learning that myself. So she has some really, she has a pretty jewelry box and then she has like a jewelry tower that she uses for necklaces and some earrings. But I got her a little jewelry organizer for all those teeny tiny earrings because that's of course what you wear when you are a newly pierced ear person. So I just think it's a good basic. It's clear acrylic, but then it's got dividers and little sections in there um, that are lined with felt for the earrings. So if that's something you could use or that a young lady in your life could use, you can check that out. Thank you for listening today. I encourage you to get out there and bless someone who is going through a hard time and keep celebrating. Thank you so much for listening. I would love for you to subscribe to this podcast and I truly appreciate your five-star reviews.